Hi, I'm Sebastian Kadlicek, the creator of Kinsey. Hi, I'm Kit Steinkellner, the writer of Kinsey. I'm Emma Steinkellner, the illustrator of Kinsey. And you're listening, listening to, to Outside the Box. <laughs> we nailed it. I sure hope none of us talk about Tiger King, because that shit's old news. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Long Box with Juan, Tim, Gabe, and even Doyle. I made it, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> look really comfortable doyle <laughs> i am comfortable we're recording again i told you he looks like my abuelita is there he anything does. fancy on the on the blanket or is it just a big green blanket uh, it's just a big green blanket oh i would have been really excited if there was like a giant swamp thing face in the middle or something i just love that he said it's a big a big green blanket <laughs> I, I, I didn't even mean to do that <laughs> i know it's it just, <laughs> you can tell your comfort level because you're talking like a little kid. <laughs> so, because this, because we're all going to have four different topics, I assume. Uh, no, we're all, we're each going to have one, not all have four. No, that's what I meant. I'm sorry, since we're, there'll be four. <laughs> like, Jesus Christ, I don't be, want was like, Wait a goddamn there'll minute. There'll be four distinctly, <laughs> distinctly different topics. If you, it, Gabe, we're recording right now, but when you intro us, if everybody wants to tell me what it is, I'll look it up, and then I'll continue that way. Oh, okay. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Gabe, and I'm an alcoholic. <laughs> oh, wait, no. The other one, the dope-smoking one. Yeah. Uh, so I'm actually going to talk a little bit about one, but mostly about another. So the one I'm going to talk the most about is Murder Among the Mormons. Ooh. Ooh. Oh, it's yeah. a Netflix show. Yeah. Uh, Murder Among the Mormons is an American true crime documentary television miniseries following Mark Hoffman, one of the most notable for- forgers. I almost said forger. One of the most notable forgers in history who created forgeries related to the Latter-day Saint movement. Joe Berlinger serves as an executive producer. It consists of three episodes and premiered on Netflix on March 13, 2021. It's even a series, a miniseries. Yeah, it's like it's it's basically a three hour movie, but they broke it up into episodes. So or like a two hour and 40 minute movie or whatever. So let me look that up. Murder among the Mormons. There's so many good podcasts about that whole incident and history of things. (laughs) <laughs> like, I haven't seen this show, but I feel like you and I could have conversations about this, no problem. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's not the first time I've heard the story, but it was a really cool presentation of it. It's got an 88% critic score and an 81% audience score. Nice. Wow, fuck, I actually agree with people for once. <laughs> I, uh, d- Tim, intro yours. Hi, I'm Tim, and for Hi, this Tim. episode, I watched a documentary called Infamy. Infamy that's it. <laughs> well, that's all I need for now, and then I'll look it up, look it up, trying music. Wow, this must not be, oh, this is old. I don't. like 90s, maybe. Uh, it says 2005. Sounds about right. I don't see a Wikipedia, so I'm gonna IMDb it. Wow! Oh, Tim went deep. A feature-length documentary about graffiti culture is told through the experiences of six well-known graffiti writers and graffiti and a graffiti buffer. I don't know what the fuck a graffiti buffer is. We'll find out when and Tim talks. And it has a 92% audience score. Damn! No critic score. But uh, 500 plus ratings is a 92% uh, audience score. That's a high score. I'm on top so far. Let's see how everybody stacks up. Doily, doily. Oh, oh, this is a fucking competition all of a sudden? <laughs> it is now. No, fuck that. Oh, yeah. I don't I win at anything. <laughs> I would have chosen differently. Yeah. yeah, me too. Me too. I changed my, I changed my choice. <laughs> Doyle, I watched. Uh, watch? uh, I kid, I kid. I, I watched. Some, I watched something Obama. 
Watch something Obama. Something Obama. Michelle Obama doc. Yeah. Perfect score on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, so I decided to, even though I was gonna watch some like alien shit, I decided I would be like relevant to the time since we do a podcast that's like supposed to be pop culture sometimes. So I watched Problem Child. It's the Jake Paul documentary since he was fighting Ben Askren last night. Oh yeah, um, that wasn't really a fight. That was such a weird thing that happened. <laughs> um. The doc. Oh, we're not talking about him. But there is also it. not a Wikipedia page for that. Well, it just like came out. It's like a thriller thing. I don't even know how you'll find it. Honestly, I I had a hard time fucking finding it. It had to pay nine ninety nine for it. It came out this year, and there's definitely not an audience score. Probably not. No. Okay, so, so Tim's still so, top. So yeah, Doyle lost. <laughs> 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 or did I? So it's about Jake Paul's life, I assume. It's about like his life building up to like now he like wants to be a like professional boxer and like all the like you know so-called bullshit that he did in his past, like building up his. It's such a weird thing because it'd be like all this like stupid shit I did as a kid to get to this point. And I'm like, you only have an audience because all that stupid shit you did as a kid. I mean, I'll talk about it when I go through it. <laughs> <But>, yeah. <laughs> so I took uh, my quandary to the Patreon page, which I only got a couple of uh, input from there. And then I took it to Twitter since I only got a couple of things there. And I chose five different uh, five different documentaries for people to choose for me what I was going to watch. Um, and the popular choice ended up being MLK slash FBI. Um, that is a, t- it, it was so popular that MLK slash FBI liked your tweet. <laughs> what did they? <laughs> I, I noticed, I noticed that. Oh like, shit. I don't think I noticed that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was pretty cool. I was like, well, I bet he watches that one because like, <laughs> cause they like that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, MLK slash FBI is a 2020 American documentary film produced, uh, directed by Sam Pollard. Uh, from a screenplay by Benjamin Heaton and Laura Tamaselli, follows Martin Luther King Jr. as he investigated as he is investigated and harassed by the Federal Bureau of Investigation. It has a ninety-nine percent critic score. Holy shit! And a seventy percent audience score. You looked it up first. You looked it up. I did no, not. Just <laughs> you knew it was going to be a competition. We didn't. <laughs> And somehow Tim made it the competition and not me. <laughs> one, one. <laughs> Jesus, that's a crazy good audience or a critic score. That's usually, you usually don't see him that high. That, that is true. Like, that is remarkable. <laughs> it's, it's one of those things where it probably has to be for most critics. Like, no critic is going to talk shit about, about a Luther documentary King? about Martin Luther King right now. <laughs> exactly. That's, like that's the best way to get fired. I'm pretty sure. Like it's just like I was watching this uh, YouTube video yesterday, and it was like ranking best outfits. It was like five guys ranking themselves, and then girls come in and rank them and how they look. And one guy shows up in like a fucking mini skirt with makeup and a tight sweater and thigh high boots, and all the guys are like, "Yeah, you're number one." And you can tell yeah, it's like exactly. you gotta be because we can't not put you there. <laughs> Or we'll all get fucking death threat canceled from the internet. Death threat canceled. And I still don't know how that hasn't happened to us. I, I don't want to get death threaded, but I'm fine with trying to cancel me. Man, I'm all about getting a death threat. That would be so <laughs> That cool. sounds like fun. I'm going to be honest with you. Like, it would be exciting. Like, how thrilling would that be? <laughs> I mean, especially since the first one is going to be from Michael Kirk's wife. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. It's going to be amazing. I, can't, I, I just can't hope wait. one day I just hope one day that his kids grow up and like know nothing about this and then like one of them Googles him's dead and then like somehow pops up and he's like, what the fuck is this? I should just start tagging it's him gonna in every episode. It's going to be like thinking outside the long box 4,000 mentions. What the hell <laughs> yeah. is this all about? Exactly. <laughs> After That'd he's passed out, passed incredible. away for sure, Walk gets like 
call 30 years from now. He's really dead now. Could you take those episodes down? And, Michael Kirk is dead. And, and the child ends up being a midget. Mm, that would be awkward. <laughs> it turns out he he really did love midgets, and it's really embarrassing for our family. It's weird. <laughs> it weirdly comes full circle like old boy. <laughs> oh, shit. Hope, I love how we've ruined Michael Kirk's political career as well. <laughs> Not only our own political careers, but Michael Kirk's through no fault of his own, just by existing. Oh, <laughs> we shit. love you, dude. We miss you. Uh, so, so, how do we want to go t- through these? Uh, like, tell us about the Mormons, Gabe. Okay. So, Murder Among the Mormons, obviously, it's this like, you know, two and a half, three hour special on Netflix over three episodes. Uh, it is about. Uh, you said the guy's name. I don't remember names very good, so I'll just say I said this it three time. minutes ago, and I don't fucking remember. Yeah. So the this Mormon. guy comes up with a document that they end up calling the White Salamander document because it describes an event that happens like in Mormon history, and instead of an angel giving this information to Joseph Smith like a wood spirit in the form of a white salamander gives the information to Joseph Smith. So obviously this information would be like fucking super shitty for the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Cause it completely changes their theology. Right? So as this guy is trying to sell that document to these people, a bombing happens. And like one of the guys involved with the deal dies. Okay. And when push comes to shove, it turns out that the guy that's selling the document is the one who's planting the bombs and trying to kill off the other people that are party to the sale because the document is not only forged, it's not finished. So he doesn't have the actual artifact to sell to them. And you go back into his history and find out that he's been selling forged historical documents for fucking decades like and he is such a good forger that they he managed to pass off a piece of uh a piece of documentation that was considered the first printed material in the United States like it's considered a lost artifact and he forged something so well by literally remaking the print plate from a facsimile of the thing and then getting like period paper and aging everything the way it needed to be done that they carbon dated it and it was still correct. Like the only way they figured it out is that the, the way the ink dried because he had to use like a quick aging process. It made the ink dry too fast and there's cracks in the surface, like microscopic cracks in the surface of the ink that aren't in original period documents. That's literally how they caught him was because of like microscopic fucking cracks in ink. Like, I think if you go that far, we should just let it go. <laughs> it's real. But no, he's like, like well done. Dude, he's ripped Bravo. off people he's ripped off people to the tune of like tens of millions of dollars. Like he has sold, he's been selling like high end forged documents for like 25 years or some stupid shit like that. To me, it's like he worked for that. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, he did. What's crazy is he started as a kid and actually like forged a nickel. And, like, gave it to someone at a store, and they're like, oh, this is really cool. And he's like, okay, I can do this shit. And, like, as a child, taught himself how to fucking forge. Like, Did you see that Vice? I mean, I know this is your documentary about this, but did you see that Vice documentary about that dude who forges painting? I mean, he's been busted. And so now he just does it for fun. But he can do, like, any painter, any style, like, masterpiece paintings in, like, a day. And he can show you. Yeah, they have to put There's, them like, under microscopes and shit to like figure out figure that they're not out. real. Yeah, I love that shit. Like that's so cool. I feel like <laughs> oh man, I should never say this. I feel like the coolest way to rob from someone is to make their thing so exactly the same that nobody can tell. Like that's that's a fucking cool ass skill, man. See, to like, me if I had one and I paid it, I would almost 
be excited about that as well, just in a different way. I'd, like, I'd almost, I, I mean, I think you could make a, career, a legit career out of making fake things that look like real things and be legal. Sure, you could that, as long as you I as long as you said guy, it was. That. Yeah, I mean, have you ever watched that guy that talking about? I think that. What's that? I said, have you ever walked down an artist alley at a Comic-Con? No, I mean like something with actual skill. I don't mean Photoshopping a picture that you lifted off of a comic book cover. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you could legit hand paint something that looked like uh, Da Vinci or whatever, and that was your craft, like, you pay me $10,000, I'll get it done in a day, and you won't fucking be able to tell the difference. Like, that'd be crazy. That is, our, like, a solid skill that you could just straight leverage as a business. Like, the... The thing that's really crazy to me about this dude is it's like different ways of being printed and written and calligraphy. And I mean, just a full ass spectrum from printmaking to handwriting that this fucking dude is able to to counterfeit, man. Like he could have he could have made money. Like, I guarantee you, he could have just made money and and done that you know it's it's incredible just like don't make hundred dollar bills make fives and tens eight, eight, fives tens and twenties yeah. <laughs> make, one, make ones just make tons of ones i think there's a vice stock as well about the people the most notorious money makers as well right because i remember watching it and like how they figured out the paper on the latest bills of the before they got caught and it was fucking crazy <laughs> that's awesome but yeah, I loved it. I love it because it's it's about people people who literally like are bombing other people over fake books. Like what the fuck? What a cool ass story. Like I'm sorry for your loss, but that's dope. <laughs> <laughs> so you gave it a thumbs up. Big time. I I fucking loved it. So the other thing I wanted to talk about really quick, this is like just a total side note because Doyle had originally talked about uh, doing like Bigfoot or UFOs or whatever. I have been fucking binge watching ghost adventures. Like I seriously have put like almost 15 seasons of ghost adventures into my brain in like the last like two, two, three, four weeks, probably four weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. That sh- that show is so fucking entertaining. It is just stupid dudes getting scared by shit, and it's by turns hilarious and just every once in a while super, super creepy, and it is like perfect television. It is completely brainless, and it is so much fucking fun to watch. I do thoroughly enjoy the moment when you've spent, because I think I've watched ghost hunting shows i don't know a hundred thousand hours of it it feels like <laughs> exactly but i yeah. love the moment when something legitimately unexplainable happens like whether it's paranormal or not where it's like it's 99.9 percent regurgitated bullshit and then like something happens you're like what the fuck was that <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's yeah that's exactly what i love there's this one there's this one episode where they're like in ireland right and he has like this really intense. Uh, Aaron has this really intense experience where it felt like the devil touched his ear and blah blah blah. And they're having like Zach has like parked the truck and like Aaron's freaking out so bad that they stop to have like a little conversation, right? And they're just like talking with each other and like they're not even shooting each other. Like the camera is just kind of sitting there on and like you're getting kind of like a weird shot of like the side of the seat, right? So they're not doing anything for the show. They're literally just having a conversation with each other. And then from the forest, you just hear someone go, no! (laughs) And it's like, what? the absolute fuck was that like that is incredible and it's either some crazy person in the woods that they're not supposed to be in or fucking something seriously weird and like it's it's so awesome i love how you're like i have no idea what's happening that's awesome i love how the most plausible explanation is somebody's in trouble and nobody wins on that person. <laughs> oh no, they they totally dip out of the car and run into the woods looking for wherever. Oh, okay. It came well from. that's 
I would definitely not do that. Yeah, I'd be like, I will call for help. <laughs> You'll be fine. Oh, yeah. Just just chew through your arm. <laughs> Sucks to be you. Play dead or not, depending on the friend. Dude, no way. <laughs> oh, man. All right, I'm done with mine. Doily? No, who's next? Tim, Tim. Tim's next. So... I get a little show and tell. Oh shit! Because I actually own this fucking dock. There it is. <laughs> oh, that's there, cool. <laughs> a little feast for the live show. But um, I used to paint graffiti, and while I was newly to it, um, somebody recommended that I watch this documentary, and it's it's. A handful of graffiti artists and one guy that buffs out graffiti. Somebody asked what buffing out graffiti was. That's simply cleaning up graffiti. Either painting it over or power washing it or chemically getting marker off of stuff. Wasn't Gabe trying to be a buffer? No, the fluffer. That's a fluffer, yeah. (laughs) I meant this last week or so. In real life, fuckers. Oh yeah, the city, the city beat yeah, me. So, to that, so. <laughs> I took, I took too long. <laughs> Wait, what? There was gang graffiti in my neighborhood, which is different than what Tim is talking about. Like, yeah, there's artistic graffiti, and I'm never gonna, thirteen shit. Yeah, I'm everywhere. never gonna call the cops about that because that's awesome. Or yeah. like a fuck the cops like tag or something like that. I'm gonna not say anything about. And... But the gang graffiti, they take forever to respond to it in our neighborhood. So I bought a can of black paint, and the next time I see some, I'm just going to paint over it in black and then just put a white upside-down cross on it because that will get the cops there, like, that day to take it down. Yeah. Like, 100%. Oh. 100%. So we'd be like, oh, God, Satanist, call the police! <laughs> It'll be awesome. Just make yourself a stencil that looks like a, like a vagina or something. Exactly. Something, like, offensive. Yeah. <laughs> So basically it's it it's it's interviews and in life of um several graffiti writers um most of them kind of talk about how they came up and a handful of them kind of talk about where they're going because most of the people in this documentary even though it's from what 2005 I'd say almost every single person in this video is still actively writing graffiti illegal today. Um, it, it opens with, uh, the graffiti artist Toomer, um, talking about, uh, Mount Rushmore and how it's basically the largest act of graffiti on U.S. soil ever, because the United States still doesn't fully own Mount Rushmore because of that ancient treaty they had with whichever tribe owned the mountain previously. And he's kind of talking about that and he's like, that's fucked up. And then later on in the documentary, you get introduced to an an active writer who goes by the alias Saber, who is basically responsible for the real largest acts of graffiti ever. They have a clip where they show where he painted the entire side of the L.A. River. Shit. And you're talking like a 40 foot tall, maybe even 50 foot tall wall and maybe like half a football field wide is how we went. Like it was the largest work of graffiti probably in the world. Um, A guy from New York at one point came out to diss it and like tagged all over it. And then Saber actually went back and fixed the whole goddamn thing over again. So he's effectively done it twice now and not been caught. (laughs) And then it talks about, you know, a handful of other writers that have all done these really crazy things. Um, I've met one of the writers in person in this uh, documentary, the guy that goes by Ear Snot. <clears throat> I was in New York. Which is an incredible that, name. <laughs> right? I was I was in New York and I had already seen this documentary and I was like, I'm gonna find his fucking shoe store. Because in the documentary he's kind of shown operating like a really high end looking shoe store. Like cherry wood, like all of the shoes are in their own little like IKEA cubby hole. 
with like a light shining down from the top and they're like hovering like it's it, it, and it looked that fancy when i found the fucking place and he happened to be there so i got his autograph <laughs> <laughs> and i bought a really kick-ass pair of nikes that i still own and never wear <laughs> i've seen that a lot of those shoes are like five hundred thousand dollars you know all kinds of shit. it's crazy for These some were. reason, <laughs> for some reason, recently I've been like watching a ton of YouTube videos on shoes, and it's like I'm just dumbfounded by the world. <laughs> a, because like before that, and I'm still heavily interested in like watches to the point where like I've bought a couple and I've bought a watch repair kit. And I'm gonna start taking them apart just because I'm interested to see how they do this shit. But shoes are on a different fucking level, man. Like. The way people are into them, and then like I figured out like what websites they use to look them up, and I started looking at it, and I was like, there are infinity different shoes. Like, yeah, to do this, to like, to be a person who buys and sells these and like makes their living at it, I have no idea how you could a keep up, b figure out when they're all coming out, and c not get fooled by fake ones all the time. Because there's just infinity different Nikes. Like, I, I think a lot Jordan the... color. Like, a there's like. 80 different kinds of Nikes. Each one has a billion different colors and like different shit going on. I'm just like, how many Chinese kids are making these shoes? Like <laughs> they're fucking everywhere. And I there think, are so and many. And that them. doesn't even scrape the surface of like custom shoes and shit, man. There's oh. like, there's dudes out there that their whole business is just redoing different kinds of Nikes. So the sh- the shoes that I bought from him are a pair of Nike Dunk high tops. They are um, like a charcoal gray gator skin down the loophole and the thing, and then the rest is black le- black gold and red leather. And it's and they're I think they're like MF Doom limited edition sneakers. I, unfortunately, I don't have the box for them anymore, so I think that makes their value like next to nothing. But no, no, actually, so, uh, the, the box is not <clears throat> crazy amounts. But I still, that got, too. still got the shoes. Never fucking wear them. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I guess to wrap up, everybody, all of the different writers, they all kind of tell their unique stories about how they started, how they deal with it. Um, there is a female writer in this who goes by Claw. And her family is like obviously and very Jewish and very much hate what she does for a hobby. <laughs> and uh, her her whole like family unit part of her like intro in the documentary is like really amusing and really eye opening to like how probably most people would deal with kids if they got into this kind of retarded shit and probably how mine felt <laughs> just genuinely annoyed, not really sure what to do about it. Cause it's not drugs and it's not murder. It's just writing on other people's shit. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, come on, you're not a kid anymore. <laughs> is, but it's the, like, is the buffer, is he, does he do it because it's his job and that's kind of his side of the thing? Or does he not like graffiti? So his story is weirdly uh, like cyclical, I guess is the word I want to say. Because it kind of comes back in and around itself. So he is he's known as Joe Conley, the graffiti gorilla. And he kind of operates in a specific part of California, I think. Okay. And... Uh, <clears throat> basically he's one of those guys that like adopted a highway and his whole thing is like, if he sees graffiti in his neighborhood, he's going to paint it down kind of like what Gabe just did. So he's, he's got like a van that he drives around in with like buckets of white paint and buckets of gray paint. And he's just got brushes and mops and all kinds of shit to just wipe everything down. And, uh, it's, if he, it gets to the point in the documentary where they show enough footage of him where he's not always using the same color to paint out a piece of graffiti. And at one point he paints a window gray because it has graffiti on it. He paints a section of like black wall white because it has graffiti (laughs) on it. And 
he kind of admits to at one point where if he has to buff a specific spot repetitively, he will literally leave a message written on the wall, effectively becoming a graffiti writer. <laughs> and like, it's, it's just kind of funny. He saw himself become the villain. Yes. <laughs> he, he, didn't, too he, long. he didn't die. He didn't die soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> But each 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 guy in the each guy in the whole thing even, has. Like I don't a even really, know what really Gabe cool just said. He he popped in for like a second. Oh, I said fuck you guys. Oh, <laughs> we were even talking about you. <laughs> I know. Fuck you guys. Did you figure out the time that you it's came out of the vagina? These guys too. Wait, what? What happened to your arm? I burned it on the stove. Yes, she did. Wait, what? Uh, and she was using it to determine her moon sign. Oh. Because Sophia has a thing for astrology now, I guess. Wait, what? Interesting. <laughs> you know what time I, she was born. I love that Mel is just completely confused. <laughs> yeah. She cool. didn't come out of my vagina. Oh, here it comes. So here I, comes the whole my thing. moon sign is in Sagittarius, and then my rising sign is Scorpio. Oh, God. Yeah, it's a little scary. So, her astrology is scary. <laughs> it's, uh, I lo- the mic sounds really good, by the way. It's oh, definitely, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely imaginary. <laughs> it's definitely imaginary. Doyle has a migraine, so so Doyle is in his comfy blanket. Maybe she could okay. be Sagittarius Moon. Did you tell them how you licked my fucking teeth last night? No, I didn't Ooh. actually. You're an asshole. It was funny. I'll tell you for the live. I'll tell you episode. later. You licked yeah. your taint. No, no, I wouldn't be sad about that. Mel was so upset about this that she called me repetitively to FaceTime me about it. I called you twice. Twice, dick. That's repetitive. That's my ass. Uh, You just told me not to. No, I think she said she wanted you to. Uh, I don't, I don't think she said that. Now you've got the pass. I I don't mind if you lick my taint. It's my teeth. I don't like it. There you go. See, taint is fine. I heard taint again. Time to call her bluff. All right, so so mine's going to be easy because I think everybody knows the story of Martin Luther King Jr. Um, Who's that? I, I, yeah, never heard of him. I, Jewish I, guy. I, I actually really yeah. liked the documentary. Um, apparently, guy, right? there Martin. was a lot of new documents that came uh, that were just recently declassified. I guess a bunch of stuff is getting declassified in 2027. Um, I don't think I knew the extent that the FBI was investigating him as much as they were when they wiretapped fucking everything that he ever did and there was always an agent around him to every city he ever went to. I don't I don't know a, that I knew that part. He was a rabble rouser, bro. I, but I and that's that's crazy to me that that people who wanted I, maybe I, I maybe I'm just an idiot. I, it's weird to me that our own government and our own police would be so against people who wanted to be equal. Like that's that's a like a lot of the a lot of it. Yes, there's a lot of shit that goes on with police right now. But I I feel like right now in this specific moment, a lot of the people who are against that shit are just normal like everyday people. Um, I mean, it doesn't surprise me because of the time that it happened in. Like, if you told me today that, like, the FBI was... Fu- I know, actually, it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> I feel like the government, like, has meetings and hosts seminars to, like, the best ways they could possibly waste money infringing on American rights. <laughs> like, and will it matter? Not at all. Let's do it, then. <laughs> Right. Will the taxpayers be happy? Definitely not. It's cra- it's crazy because apparently there's a lot of tapes and there's a lot of those, these recordings that are supposed to be declassified in 2027. That uh, you know, one of them is supposed to be like Martin Luther King Jr. was in a room where one of his uh, bishops was raping a girl or something, and he was just letting it happen. And the FBI was just letting it happen because they wanted dirt on him. Like it's a whole crazy fucking web of <laughs> of crazy shit that was going on apparently to me the outrage isn't that the fbi is or the story not the outrage is it to me that the fbi is declassifying tapes it's the fact that nobody stood up and gone 
hey, how about you can't classify fucking anything about American citizens anymore? That's not criminal. It went to it's at the it's uh, it's not the FBI. It's somewhere I don't know how it got to that point. It's some some it's kept somewhere. Probably I don't the, I don't know where probably it, the CIA. They're the fuck, ones doing most of the spying. Who's keeping it? It's just like at, at this point it's like why why do you get to keep secrets from us about shit that's not like of you know, I get it if you're keeping a secret about some kind of the national archive. Mili- military strategy or something that we're about to like fight a war with or a battle with i can understand that but if it's like if it's about a dude in america doing a thing that nobody it's gonna hurt anybody like or it's gonna hurt him or whatever i don't understand how you can classify shit like this i wonder i wonder if it's because it's they look down on it as like it was gonna hurt the fbi and so they're well, like, yeah, let's let's I, send I this into that. the future for thirty years, and all of these people may not be here at the time anymore. <laughs> I definitely understand that, but that's the kind of stuff I think just needs to be out. Like, there needs to be that transparency. You know what I mean? Like, we literally pay for that organization to exist. Like, they need to not be fucking secretly classifying <laughs> shit about us, right? Like, I don't need there to be, like, 40 years from now thinking outside the long box declassified. <laughs> <laughs> like, somehow we get popular in the FBI. It's like releasing all this fucking dates. The Russian hack video in full length. So it kind of it kind of reminds me of what's going on with Edward Snowden. You know, he he brought to light something that was superbly illegal, but then he skipped town, you know, and so there's the double-edged sword of... It, will he have a will he have a legit trial because he's a whistleblower, you know, technically, or is he going to go to jail for the rest of his life? And I, I, I or just see, get just or just get straight disappeared. Right, right. Yeah. Get <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't blame him. I mean, that's probably would have been my move. Yeah, it's like if I'm going to whistleblow, I'm going to get the fuck out of <laughs> the Gestapo <laughs> SA. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. That to me just does it. It just Everything doesn't make fine. sense. It's like <laughs> whistleblowing doesn't even again. If it threatens people's lives or it's something out foreign policy or some shit, I get that there has to be some secrets. But if it's like you're fucking recording people's phone calls, that's not a secret. Like to me, that's like you're breaking the law. Not only and should you not be a whistleblower, know. you should be obligated to say something. Yeah. Like, well, and and like, and like I said, it's it's. It seemed to be that their hatred for Martin Luther King Jr. was so bad that they were letting, you know, supposedly, they were letting crimes happen instead of policing the crime at the time because they wanted him to stop talking. And so instead of just arresting him and making him look worse, I think they they, first, they just let this lady be raped. It's just a weird thing to me. Yeah, Dude, that's crazy. I've heard like he was like a womanizer behind the scenes, but like beyond that, it's just like ah, just do your fucking job. Like exactly, you're the law. Be lawful. Like I don't. I've never understood this. I don't understand how we don't just burn down these fucking like FBI headquarters. It's like why do you why are you doing this shit? <laughs> yeah, but instead we pay their salaries. So there's that. <laughs> Well, they just do so much for us. Juan is gone. We are we are directorless. <laughs> we are rudderless. Oh, so remember I said the buff guy ends up becoming a graffiti artist. I'm gonna try and center this. That that's him painting out like red outlines on a white wall with gray paint. Nice. <laughs> so mine was predict. Mine was. I mean, everybody knows. Like I said, the story of. Pretty much everybody knows the story of Martin Luther King Jr. Like I said, I learned a little bit more of his womanizing ways, but it, at the end of it, everybody's like, let all the documents out. It's not really going to change how we think about Martin Luther King Jr., you know what I mean? He's was with other women other than his wife, but he meant a lot to the culture. Well, it comes – I mean, like, he was a human being. He had flaws. That's not why he's important historically. Lots of historical figures that did amazing things had flaws. You know what I mean? Like, hopefully he didn't rape somebody, but if he did, I mean, maybe that should be known. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Um, it's weird because I don't want to paint a lot of attention t- 
towards. So I do and I don't. I watched. It's not because of the documentary. I watched this documentary about him because I've started also listening to Logan Paul's um, podcast, Impulsive. Uh, he's the brother that got in trouble for doing that like weird suicide prank. Yeah, the short. suicide forest. Oh but, yeah, yeah. He got kicked off of YouTube. He's actually grown like a lot since then. Like you could tell, he like regrets that. He's changed. He's matured. He's grown up a lot. He's not like the same kind of guy anymore. And he has a very like Joe Rogan esque style podcast. He invites like interesting people on. They have interesting discussions. It's you know it's it's a it's not a it's not a crap like YouTube random person doing shitty stuff anymore. You know what I mean? Right. He, he's like a genuinely interesting person. I think now he does like want to box Floyd Mayweather. I have no idea why he like decided he thinks he can like box now. And I'm sure like he's a decently tough dude, but I don't understand like this. Like I want to box professional fighters thing. That's weird to me, but yeah, that's definitely a way to get your face yeah. punched in it's for the money. bro. His, that's why his, yeah, I can, I can understand that portion of it. I mean, you're already a millionaire. Save your brain cells. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, his younger brother, Jake Paul, has kind of grown up in his shadow, uh, doing like Disney Channel shit, doing all the same like stupid stunt YouTube shit to get famous that Logan Paul did. Uh, he's kind of grown up in the same way. He has his own following now. Uh, the documentary, he calls himself the problem child. He's doubting himself as like a or noting himself as like a boxer, like he's turned boxer now. He's really only boxed like other YouTube people and a basketball player who was retired and now he boxed like the UFC fighter that was known for not being able to have any stand up whatsoever he was just a wrestler he has also been retired for quite a while named Ben Askren they brought him out of retirement to be in a boxing match and beat him thoroughly in the first round with a knockout but I don't know how that's impressive that you knocked out an old dude who's retired that was never a striker to begin with <laughs> I, I, I don't get it but <laughs> the documentary is about You're like how he is. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a bitter thing. I just don't understand how that makes you tough. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like if I booted my Yorkie across the room and I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> 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 like it, just, it doesn't make sense. Oh, God, just Petri. <laughs> <laughs> so the documentary is about him like you know, not really being that person in front of the camera and like how that person, he's trying to put that persona to rest. And now he wants to move on towards being a boxer legitimately, which just, again, just like, if you're going to be a legitimate boxer, start fighting, you know, in semi-professional bouts, go through the ranks, become like fucking do what everybody else does. Become a boxer the way everybody else becomes a boxer. But here's the thing that I didn't want to bring attention to it because so, A, also, a girl accused him of sexual assault the week of the fight. And I don't know if she's telling the truth. He says she's not. He says other people are debunking it, whatever. I don't even care about that. But he addressed it. The fact that it never really got even any kind of airtime or addressed whatsoever, and the fight just kept like being news over it, kind of disgusted me a little bit. I was like, whether she's a liar, which hopefully you know nobody would ever do that, but the fact that someone came out and said that they were sexually assaulted by someone and that that was just under the rug because that person was fighting later that week kind of disgusted me a little bit. But the other thing is he has already been diagnosed with the early stages of CTE and wants to continue fighting and doesn't care about that. And I think he has brain – like from watching all these things, he's coming across like a person that already has brain damage, maybe is on the spectrum to some degree. And it kind of, like, the whole thing is starting to feel exploitative to me, the more stuff that I watch on him. But nobody around it or around him is putting any kind of a stop to it. Like, even if he maybe, like I could say, maybe the sexual interaction with that girl went down the way that she said it did. I don't know anything about that. I don't know if he would have known that he was doing something wrong in the way that he disguises, says things. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like he's doesn't know 100% what he's saying or how he's coming across. He did a like press conference where they did like the fighters talk back and forth and he kind of just looked like a stupid child the way that he was making fun of Ben Askren and Ben Askren was just like whatever go fuck yourself. <laughs> and like and at the end of it he was like how could they possibly think I lost that interaction? And it's just like 
I think the dude is like has some serious brain issues going on, and like he's just being exploited. But people around him aren't saying anything because it's just a you know a, a wheelbarrow full of money that's just dropping five dollars off the side every couple right. of minutes. So it's the whole thing kind of came across like sad to me. Like I think I, I don't know. Like I said, I, the documentary is sixty minutes. It's not bad. It's it's a look into his life, but. I wish somebody in his life would actually speak out to him, get him away from boxing. The dude needs to keep the brain cells left. The the hard thing is I don't know that he he would listen. I mean I mean so I don't think he would. He's too young and too like what one of my not, one of my choices was the documentary uh, about Britney Spears, and it, you know bam, bam. She, she's I, I was like man I don't really want to be depressed for two hours. Hopefully they won't pick that one. <laughs> So, but I, it's the same thing. Like she went down a road that, you know, I, I think people did even speak up at a point, but she, it seemed like she just didn't care. Like she just did her own thing, uh, you know? And, and now after that came out, a lot of people came did come out, like you said, though, and were like, fuck, we weren't as supportive as I think we could have been. Um, but at the time, I'm not sure that she would have listened. I don't, I, you know, you're going to pay Logan or Jake, whatever, which one you're going to pay millions of dollars to get his face beat and he's probably going to keep doing it yeah and to me i i know he's not fighting for the money he has money he has lots of money like you you can tell he's fighting because he really likes fighting which if that's your passion i get it you could keep training that way you know what i mean but like i, I just ah man like it felt it felt like watching the beginnings of what you know is going to be a train wreck down the road <laughs> and nobody's saying anything it's like this kid needs like I, I agree with you he's he's a young kind of idiot kid he's super he's super like he's like this is my passion i'm gonna do it it doesn't matter if i have ct and i'm like you're not gonna feel that way when you're 40 and you can't hold your own glass of water and you're yeah. you know what i mean it's like yeah. can't talk anymore like and then he'll be mad because somebody didn't stop him along the way <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah 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 no i and don't it's like, i don't I, and you're not you're not muhammad ali you didn't fight the best fighters in the world you weren't the grand like and even he i don't think would go back and do it the same way like you fight youtube stars bro like it doesn't mean anything that's my issue that's my issue is that i i like i know who both of those who both of these people are and i know who ben Askren is i watch the ufc all the time it's just not like i don't i ignore it because it's it is he's literally challenging people who have a completely different skill set that he's than him that he's trying to get better at and it's weird to me he's not challenging a boxing fucking champion you know what i mean he's challenging well, these people who hey, don't box even if you fought the best mma fighter in the world that person spends all their time training to fight a different kind of way than you would fight yeah. you spend all of your ways training to fight so fucking hey some if he has to keep fighting some real boxer put on some boxing gloves and beat the shit out of this kid <laughs> so he knows that he's not a real boxer he's only three years in i guarantee you he's not beating up like a world champion like or a golden gloves boxer or something like that no he's gonna get his fucking ass kicked so put him down a notch to where he can like get into recovery for some of this like what i mean what i think is like legitimately the beginning of like brain trauma if somebody was like hey juan you're gonna box jake paul and you're gonna get a million dollars for totlb i'd do it once me too one time yeah. and then i'd be good that's it <laughs> until, they, until they come Even, back the second time and they're like one no time no i'm saving this it person i'm putting it million. somewhere i'm putting it somewhere where it's gonna make its own money that's it I, i'm but one four I, million I, no i'm good five <laughs> Even in impulsive, like he's the, the now. podcast, the number. he knows five's the number. So his his brother, the his brother's <laughs> podcast, he had been Astronaut, on, right? And his brother, and like even they're trying to like, they tell Ben they're like, you know, if you get beat now, it's over for you. And Ben's like, what's over for me? He was like, I'm an Olympian. I'm a <laughs> UFC. Like I was a UFC title holder. I was like, I retired. I coach wrestling and like eat pizza. He was like, you know what happens if I lose? I go back to coaching wrestling and eating pizza. He was like, this doesn't matter. He's like, he even said, like, this is not a thing for me. Like, if I lose, I lose. If I win, I win. It doesn't mean anything. And then Jake Paul's like, this is the most important day of my life. I'm like, there's a delusion happening, like, in front of your face. And it's like, 
the whole thing just came across as super sad to me. And it was almost more sad that he won the fight. I was like, I didn't even want Ben Askren to win the fight because I like Ben Askren or hate Jake Paul. I just want Jake Paul to stop fighting because he's just like, I felt bad for like a, a which was weird because he's like a millionaire punk kid, but I felt bad for this like kid. I was like, can he please lose so he can just go home and like figure his life out and like enjoy his majillions of dollars for the rest of his life? Well, it never really feels good, even if you hate a person, to watch them throw it all away so stupidly. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I felt bad for the person. Like that's all I could say. I was like, so that you, whole documentary. So did you like, give just, it a thumbs up, a thumbs down? As far as just a sixty-minute doc on like a person oh. goes, it was interesting. Yeah, it'd be like a thumbs up. I'll tell you after. But again, I almost encourage no one to spend any money on it because it's just I don't know bad vibes. Well, let, let's let Gabe take us out so that we don't spend a ton of time on the next episode because he's sleepy. Uh, yeah he's a sleepy uh, baby i am a sleepy. <laughs> i've been awake forever uh be sure to find us totlb.com uh that's where you can find all of our social media stuffs and then you can also go to youtube.com slash thinking outside the long box where you can find videos of all of the episodes and uh other stuff that we do and things like interviews and stuff. I forgot what I was saying. And then also you can go to patreon.com slash TOTLB where you can find more content from us uh, for our Patreon supporters. And last but not least, don't have sex with midgets if you're not one. It's just weird. Uh, 970-6148. Michael Kirk Memorial Hotline. May his wife never hear us say this. Yes. That's how excited he was. Ooh. Wow. Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg won $2 million on the fight. He, he, he kind of looks like Bitter Beer Captain. Oh, not one, last, one last thing about it, too. Oscar De La... This is the other like side where Oscar De La Hoya, a known addict and like alcohol abuser, he's, he hosted the... He was one of the hosts of the fight. Fucking hammered for the first couple fights. Like slurring all over himself and i was just like do they have they have no desire to like make this look like a, a legitimate, legitimate fight like, in any someone way need, someone needs to take this guy straight to rehab like not let him <laughs> not let him host a fight like what the fuck all right guys gabe took us out we'll catch you on the live one bye 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 on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon, and YouTube for behind-the-scenes information and more content! Thinking Outside the Long Box is a barren space production! Ah!